Welcome to the Speed Force Media Podcast. You can hang out with us every Wednesday, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, where we cover all of our personal favorite comic book movie news. Today, we are going to be covering one piece of news that isn't comic book movie related, but it's so big that we just felt like we had to share it with you guys and get your guys' voices in on it. My name is Derek. Joining me, as always, is my wife, Eleanor. Hello. Sorry we haven't been here to hang out with you guys the last couple of weeks. There's been some family stuff going on. We've had a bit of a family emergency if you guys didn't see the community tab post that we put up. So thank you guys so much for your understanding. And we are back with some regular uploads for you. And we are excited to be talking about some of these uh, news topics. we got a great show planned. And we're not going to be able to get to everything that we've missed. But make sure to come back to the channel for our individual shorter news uploads. James Cameron is saying that Avatar 2 is just now nearing profitability as it's almost reached $2 billion. Is that is that possible? Adam Driver, rumored for Reed Richards, and so much more. We're just going to start out with James Cameron. Get the elephant out of the room out of the way. The $2 billion you know, dollar a, elephant. <laughs> right. This This is a comic book movie show, so we don't like to talk too much about non-comic book movie related topics. But Avatar 3 and 4... It has been an, confirmed by Cameron that it, it will happen now as we, quote, near profitability, end quote. Now, is this real math or is this Dwayne Johnson math? And what I mean by that is Dwayne Johnson came out and said that, oh, hey, guys, even though these reports saying that Black Adam's going to lose $100 million, I can confirm that we have made like $40 million. And then more reports came out and said, not so. This film is going to barely break even at best, right? Who knows what the actual truth is? This isn't entirely the same scenario, but James Cameron's coming out and saying, yeah, this film needed $2 billion to break even because of the revolutionary technology that we put into it and also the fact that they shot two films. So that budget is going to be inflated and is probably going to make all of Avatar 3 just straight up profit. If he is telling the truth, right. which would be insane. Eleanor, do you buy into this? Do you think this is true? Do you think that it's going to need to reach even $2 billion just to somewhat have a profit? Well, there's definitely two schools of thought on this. And, you know, you can take this with a grain of salt, but I'm going to take it with a snowball size grain of salt. Because James Cameron makes a lot of sometimes overly inflated statements and I think sometimes it's just to get, you know, attention in the media. It's a very smart move because it gets the attention on your movies. And especially when stuff around James Cameron's movies, like when Avatar 2 was going to come out, he started making more statements, some of them controversial, that kind of thing. And so for me, this is just one of those. Until we see the numbers, until we see how everything shakes out and a reliable news source gives us the actual facts... I'm going to take this as I don't believe it. I think it's already made profitability. And I think he's probably like, I think he's incredibly smart for filming two films at once. You do save money that way in the long run. You do in the very beginning, you might be, you know, it'll eat up a bunch of your profitability, but in the long run, you can make more money that way. I think so. Especially if this film is going to even come close to the $2 billion mark, which it already is. 
but if it gets closer or exceeds it, then it's going to make profit. And then Avatar 3 is going to be nothing but just straight up profit, which is just insane that all the principal photography is done. They just need to, I believe, finish visuals. I could be wrong on that. And I, I, I haven't seen Avatar The Way of Water, so I can't say that, oh, it's definitely not the revolutionary technology. I myself haven't heard anybody say, oh, this film blows every other movie out of the park visually. Out of the water, out of one the might water. say. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you just had to go there, didn't I you? I did. It was a freebie, and I walked right into it. I love it. Well, you know, like I said, I I can't confirm or deny that it was because of this revolutionary technology that James Cameron is reportedly saying that it is, and the fact that right. these we've, films are shot back to back. We've been a little busy. We haven't had time to go to the movie theater. Yeah, I've had more important things going on. That being said, what do you guys think? Do you think that this film is actually going to need $2 billion in order to make a profit? Do you think it's just now actually reaching profitability mark? It's just about to break even? And do you buy James Cameron's comments? I mean, after all, we haven't had a major trade like Variety, who's been wrong a lot recently. Right. Um, Deadline, The Wrap, whoever it may be. We haven't had any of those guys come out and say, no, James Cameron's blown smoke like they did when Dwayne Johnson and his team was either blowing smoke or just reporting numbers that they thought was correct. Right. James Cameron. Right. James Cameron might be telling what he thinks is the truth and he's just incorrect math. So, like I said, is it real math or is it Dwayne Johnson math? Let us know in the comments below as we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts, especially because. I'm sure you're all huge fans of James Cameron. I myself am a huge fan of his work. I love Terminator and Terminator 2. I, I love, love Titanic. That. I really like I love I love Titanic. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I do really like the first Avatar movie. So I am still excited to see number 2, 3 and 4. It was just his comments of, you know, "Oh, now we have a franchise. Now we have a saga and this right. thing can continue." And it's like, "So now you can start making even more money." How about a good Terminator 2 4K disc, James? Oof, the T. We'd love to see that movie actually in the proper color grading, but who am I to bitch? <laughs> Can we stop comparing other movies to The Dark Knight? The Dark Knight came out in kind of the infancy stage of the comic book genre. I mean, it really started with X-Men. That's when it really kicked off. But, and then he had Spider-Man take Spider-Man it to the movie. And then Spider-Man showed us that multiple studios can make modern-day comic book movies, and they can be really done well. And The Dark Knight, for a lot of people, including myself in a way, is the holy grail of comic book movies. It tr- it's got the perfect blend of dark. It's got the perfect blend of light. It's filmed beautifully. The story works well together. All of the characters work well together. The world feels believable. It's a great movie. I would agree that it's probably the creme de la creme of comic book movies. If people who don't like comic book movies, they wanted to watch one, I recommend that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. It transcends the genre. It's got amazing performances from Heath Ledger's Joker. Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, I think, gets overshadowed a lot. Not to mention Christian Bale as Batman. And you had that tragedy, you know, that little tragedy surrounding the movie with Heath Ledger's passing which was right. very, very tragic. 
and yes. cannot be understated. And to this day, still is very, very sad. So when DC movies specifically, and it started with The Dark Knight Rises, com- constantly gets compared to The Dark Knight, which is, for a lot of people, the holy grail of comic book movies. And, and specifically for Batman and Joker are those versions. So when The Dark Knight Rises fails to meet those expectations because it doesn't have that Joker, when Batman versus Superman fails to meet those expectations, despite how good the trailers looked and the hype behind that movie, and Suicide Squad even, having the first version of Joker since Heath Ledger's Joker, all have been compared to The Dark Knight, and maybe that's fair, maybe it's not. But now we have another movie that is being compared to The Dark Knight in The Flash, And this isn't the first time that WB executives have compared this movie to The Dark Knight. It actually started about a year ago. And now that more screenings have happened, more standing ovations, more comparisons to The Dark Knight has came out. Forget, just for a second, if you can, just for a second, forget the Ezra Miller drama. Does this movie, and I am the world's biggest Flash fan, with this Flashpoint storyline without reverse flash with multiple versions of barry allen with michael keaton returning as bruce wayne no thomas wayne though but you still are getting the legendary michael keaton back right since batman returns we have not seen him put that cowl back on he tore it off in that last scene with catwoman and it was uh, over and what's the other guy's name uh crazy hair Oh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken's character. Yeah. He tore that cowl off, and we haven't seen him put it back on, right? Right. So there is a lot going for this movie, and everybody has said it's great. Is there any chance, any at all, that it has Heath Ledger's Joker, Christian Bale's Batman, Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face, billion-dollar franchise material, not to mention all of the stories surrounding The Dark Knight? Is there any chance The Flash could reach that? Well, for me, this reminds me a lot. Um, if you guys didn't know, I'm a huge fan of ships. A lot of ships get called the blank Titanic, like the Irish Titanic, the Canadian Titanic, the this Titanic. And it's just constantly comparing the stories, and then it undermines the story that you're looking at. I think this is a very similar situation. You're comparing the Flash to the Dark Knight, which is going to undermine the Flash and immediately set it up for failure because people are looking now for that gold standard. You're looking for that white star line experience now from this movie. (laughs) And I don't think you're going to get it. Because just like how the Titanic was a -a one-of-a-kind ship, this was a -a one-of-a-kind movie that happened with great actors. There was a huge tragedy around it that I think elevated the movie. Sadly enough, I think it did make the movie more interesting to people because they wanted to see his last work. Um, I don't think you're going to have this, and especially with the Ezra Miller drama that people are going to have a really hard time leaving at the door, even those of us who are going to try and go in and just go in the movie with an open mind. It's going to be really hard because, like you said, with this Flashpoint storyline, for me, it already bothers me because it's not Flashpoint. They've already changed it too much. Not only that, you're starting the Flash's story off with like this is halfway through like even if close to the end of Barry Allen's like storyline if you look at the comic books he had already died and returned post crisis right and we're skipping over all of that and immediately going to flashpoint and then we're not going to get Thomas Wayne which is iconic and i think you know 
if you watched the Flashpoint Paradox animated film, Thomas Wayne sends a letter with the Flash to give to his son, Bruce, who is in the other timeline. And when he returns and fixes everything and Flashpoint is all said and done, it's really meaningful to Bruce. And I think we're going to miss out on that. And not only that, this whole thing starts because of the reverse Flash killing Nora Allen. So if you only show that part, which is where I'm assuming, because I've heard rumors that we're going to see the reverse flash, I'm assuming it's going to be a freaking cameo, and it's just going to be at that point that we just see that, okay, he kills Nora Allen, he's the one who's responsible for that. In the Flashpoint storyline, he is so crucial, and to me, it is a waste to not have such a fantastic villain in this movie because they're going to use probably an evil version of Barry Allen, but it's not going to be something as interesting as Savitar. It's going to be just slightly more evil. Ezra Barry Miller. Allen. Right. Barry Allen. It's just going to be Ezra Miller as he is now in the suit. Just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. Oh my. <laughs> but you know, it's just like we could have Eobard Thawne and Eobard Thawne is just such an iconic queen of a character that I think it's just so wasted to not use him. But do you think this film now it, there there could be Eobarthon? We haven't seen it, but I do believe Andy Muschietti has delivered a good film. Oh, I think it's going to be a good, good film, but I don't and think it it's going to be, be Dark Knight. And it could be a great film. It could be a great film. It could be No Way Home level good, which has also been some comparisons, which also should not be compared unless you are having John Wesley Shipp in there and Grant Gustin in there, and still, it's still not from a cinematic film franchise return. The only nostalgia factor you're getting is Michael Keaton's Batman. Right. That is your emotional attachment to this film. You're introducing Supergirl, which maybe is going to be as good as Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face. Who knows? Maybe. But we all have an emotional attachment to Heath Ledger prior going into The Dark Knight. Even if you didn't like some of his performances, I think it's safe to say that the majority of comic book fans have an emotional attachment to Heath Ledger now. Who's going to have an emotional attachment to Ezra Miller going into this film? Even if people do, they're not going to want to admit it. And, and even if, you know, we know that Ezra Miller has gone through a lot of mental problems, and we're not here to talk about that because we we're not experts at all. I just hope that they get help and that they can make a recovery and they can make a comeback. I don't want to see them return as Flash. And I will try to leave all of that at the door as I go into the film because I'm a huge Flash fan. But going into this movie with the expectation it's going to be as good as The Dark Knight when The Dark Knight was set up beautifully for success by Batman Begins. Right. This doesn't have a Batman Begins. And no. it just feels so unfair to the film. You're just setting Andy Muschietti up to fail, and I just think that's not fair. You're because... giving Andy Muschietti Christopher Nolan level of a bar to to meet, right. essentially. You're giving Ezra Miller Christian Bale and Heath Ledger level of a bar to meet, and that's not fair to them. I mean, right. even though... I'm a sure lot. Michael Keaton's going to reach that bar, but Michael it's Keaton, baby, hard. Michael, it's up to Michael Keaton. Can Batman save this movie? Do you think? Do you think his shoulders hurt from carrying <laughs> this movie on his back? <laughs> now, I know we're being really hard on it, and it it sounds like this movie is going to be great. So I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm not super excited for this movie because I totally am. It's just the comparisons, but the constant comparisons to The Dark Knight, whether it's Batman versus Superman comparison to the dark knight whether it's future movies being compared to the dark knight 
it's just ridiculous. Can we just stop, please? Because The Dark Knight is its own film. It was 15 years ago. Let's move on. It was a great franchise, great trilogy. That film was. There's been very few comic book movies that have come close to that for me personally. The Flash doesn't need to. The Flash just needs to be as good as Shazam. The Flash just needs to be as good as Wonder Woman. I think Flash just needs to be a good Flash movie. It just needs to be a good movie. Better right. than better than, you know, the average ruck in the muck, or else this franchise is going to get shelved. But if you're expecting it to be the Dark Knight level with all you're of this drama, with all of this controversy, and with all the people that are already boycotting DC, I mean, what do you guys think? Are you gonna see the Flash movie? Are you gonna go in the theaters? Are are you excited at all for to see Michael Keaton? As Batman, are you excited to see Supergirl? What about The Flash? Are you excited for Barry Allen as a character to finally get his first film? I think that's the storyline that we should have been talking about all this time. And that's just, there's no possible way we can, unfortunately. Whatever you guys think, let us know in the comments below and try to be friendly with each other. All right. Let's stay on the topic of Ezra Miller for a minute, shall we? As a report from Variety came out, said that Ezra Miller may have a future as the Flash post-Flash movie because the Flash is so good that Ezra Miller, and despite all of the controversy, we believe that he's going to make a full recovery and he's going to condone his actions or atone for his actions and that this movie is so good people will forget about it. They didn't say that, but I'm assuming that's that's a big assumption. That's their intent. Big assumption on my part. That that's their line of thinking. This re- this article also reportedly said that Wonder Woman was not in James Gunn's first three years of plans for his eight to ten year slate. Now James Gunn came out on his Twitter, debunked the Wonder Woman claim, said no, Wonder Woman is not. There said no, Wonder Woman is going to be in our first three years. So that that report is debunked. And then when asked about, okay, what about the Ezra Miller reports saying Ezra Miller could continue on as the Flash? It's from the same article. And Ezra Miller, or uh, excuse me, James Gunn said, I haven't heard about Ezra Miller. Very suspicious, I would say. Right. Very suspicious for you to say, I haven't heard any reports about Ezra Miller when literally everybody has reported that Ezra Miller may stay on as the Flash post this movie, despite all the controversy and all of the legal drama. But he did go out and say that Wonder Woman, no, is going to be a part of this. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm, I'm happy that Wonder Woman is in his plan, whether Gal Gadot is attached or not. I do really like Gal Gadot as a character, but I, or as an actress, but I do think that she is probably not going to stay on much longer, especially with Patty Jenkins not being involved, Zack Snyder not being involved, and those were the people that really was there for her in the beginning, right? Those were the people that she really looked up to, and they're no longer here. And Henry Cavill is gone, Ben Affleck is gone, so I really don't see much of a future for Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. But that that's just all assumptions. That's just speculation. The thought that Wonder Woman is going to have a future 
yes, is promising, but because we don't have really anything to go on, is that going to be a solo movie? Is she going to be showing up in the Flash sequel? Is she going to be showing up in this new Superman reboot? I'm really not excited to see Wonder Woman at this point because I have no idea what it's going to look like. Eleanor, are you excited to see James Gunn's Wonder Woman at this point? I'm really not excited for anything because he promised us at least a look at what the slate's going to be by now, and we've heard crickets. We've seen nothing. Yeah, we heard that it was going to come out around the new year, and here we are, uh, January 11th. Yeah, we're two weeks into the year, and it's like, um, are we going to hear anything? This makes me feel even more uncertain. And not only that, I'm still on the train of there was some stuff I liked in the DCEU that I wanted to keep, and Wonder Woman was one of those things. 100%. And I have a feeling that, you know, you're not going to keep her. And I'm also on the train of thought that if you get rid of Henry Cavill, then you have to get rid of everyone to me. Because otherwise, it's like, why did you keep this person and not keep this person? Why did you keep someone who's why didn't you keep someone who's so excited about being Superman and embodies the role so well and has kept the cape in his closet for so long and then you get you just keep these other people and especially like if Ezra Miller gets to stay I will be done with DSC at that point. I love DC. I will still appreciate like the animated universe but I'll be done with the live action yeah. until James Gunn is gone because at that point I will lose all respect for him and Peter Safran, unfortunately, because everyone has to remember it's not just James Gunn making these decisions. It's the two of them. James Gunn is the most vocal about it, which is why he's getting the heat. But it's the two of them that are making these calls. And at that point, I'll just probably even be done with Warner Brothers. I'll, I'll just be so upset and have so little faith that it's just like... You lost Christopher Nolan, which should have been a red flag to all of us, and now here we are and you're booting out my favorite Superman and my favorite Wonder Woman, but keeping the most controversial person that has been in your universe. It's been such a damn roller coaster for DC because it has under been. the last There's regimes. There's no stability. No. And under the last regimes, you know, they were wanting to reboot the DCU. They were wanting to, they didn't have Henry Cavill back. They were getting rid of Ben Affleck. They were probably going to continue with Ezra Miller. They were probably going to continue with Gal Gadot. But we don't know for sure if they were going to do Wonder Woman 3. It was in the plans. And but it, they weren't it, so it, it, vocal it about it on Twitter. Right. David Zaslav steps in, and then all of a sudden we hear reports from everywhere. Henry Cavill is back, and Ben Affleck is showing up in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And then all of a sudden James Gunn and Peter Safran show up, and then we're right back to where we were six months ago with no Henry Cavill Superman, no Ben Affleck Batman, but we're probably going to keep Ezra Miller as Flash, which just makes no fucking sense because it seems like the previous regime and the regime now is either just too scared to talk about everything going on because it's mental health related. Everybody and their dog has talked about it at this point, right? Right. To say that Ezra Miller, and nobody has said this, but this is one side of thinking because there has been no addressing the situation is that Ezra Miller is such a good actor that they can do whatever they want and get away with it and continue to be a superhero on film because they're such a good actor. And I reject that completely because yes, they're a good actor, but there's also a ton of other great actors that are Killian Murphy. No, 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 no. I'm saying no name actors 
that you hire for five bucks on the street that are that fantastic you've never seen in anything else say what you will about ray fisher i thought he did a great job as cyborg it wasn't my particular favorite interpretation of cyborg but i thought he did a good job for just being you know a broadway actor i, I wouldn't have been able to tell that it was his very first movie right maybe, maybe i'm dumb i don't know but there if i am dumb i wouldn't know <laughs> if, if, if there was an actor out there who is a good actor on the street, you could pick him off. He's never done anything before. He debuts as Barry Allen, and we know him as our Barry Allen for the next 10 years. There's right. no baggage whatsoever. And you could easily find as good of an actor as Ezra Miller. So there's no excuse to keep him on. So people like you who are saying, I'm done with DC now, or if they continue on with Ezra Miller, I'll be done. There's no argument against it. I can't say, oh, come on. You got to be able to separate the art from the artist here. This is the flash we're talking about. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. At this point, if you're going to keep Ezra Miller. And get rid of Henry Cavill. You might as well keep Amber Heard, too. Yeah, you might as well keep Amber Heard, too. I mean, they haven't said that they were getting rid of uh, Amber Heard. And obviously, the Henry Cavill thing, you know, they didn't get rid of him because of uh, mental health issues. They didn't get rid of Ezra Miller because of mental health issues, and they didn't get rid of Henry Cavill because of behavior issues or legal issues. But to say that these two situations are completely different is just wrong. Yeah. They got rid of Henry Cavill. They are refusing to bring him back after telling us that was the plan. Henry Cavill is gone. Ezra Miller is here. Those are the facts. There's right. no refuting that. At least... That's well, they haven't we don't have confirmation that he's going to return, but he's at least here for this one movie. He's here for this movie in right. two, maybe three different roles, which right. is just insane. My big thing is like if they're scared because of the mental health aspect of this, I don't know a single person on this planet who doesn't have at least one mental health problem. Like we all suffer from mental health issues from time to time or chronically. And it's not an excuse for the behavior that Ezra Miller has done. And no. so I think you can still have mental health issues and be held accountable for your actions. And that is very important. Because if you're not held accountable for it, you're never going to change your actions. And you're never going to rectify the behavior or get help. You know what I mean? And for all we know, maybe the Flash movie will come out and then we'll hear oh, it's being recast. It still doesn't explain why you're constantly just ignoring all of these reports and saying that you haven't heard these reports when the Ezra Miller is staying on as Flash is in the same report as Wonder Woman being shelved. Right, and that's that's honestly, like, that's a good point because that's just bullshit. You can't say that you didn't see it when that was the main point of the fucking article and Wonder Woman was mentioned in it. It was in a huge, long article from Variety, and multiple trades picked that article apart and uh, distributed all of those different stories. And maybe that's maybe he it's just got a fragment. It's all over Twitter where it. he's talking about this stuff. I can guarantee. Like, <laughs> yeah, to say that Ezra one, Miller's stuff isn't on Twitter, but James Gunn is constantly on this Twitter. This reminds me of the last time James Gunn got himself in trouble on Twitter. He just needs to stay off the internet because he well, just no, needs no, to stop no, talking. Well, no, 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 no. It's completely different. It no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the different. same situation. I'm just saying it reminds me of it just in the simple fact of James Gunn and Twitter alone. Not and the maybe situation he just that I was saying. shouldn't be on, be on it. the internet. When, 
when we yeah. still haven't gotten a DC slate. I think a lot of people are going to calm down, including us, once we get a DC slate right. and the reveal that he said we were getting at New Year's. Now, he did say that it is coming this month. So maybe he's just going to wait till January 30th or, right. you know, who knows. But maybe people will calm down or maybe we'll see some sort of insight into his plan and kind of reject the ideas and reject the vision that he has I think if you haven't already rejected it. I think either way, it'll at least give everyone closure in some way of at least we know then what the ideas are and what the plan is. And I think that's really important. And I just like, I appreciate what Peter Safran's doing because he's stayed silent throughout this whole thing. He has not confirmed or denied anything. And I think it just feeds the fire too much. And if I were to give James Gunn any advice, it would be, dude, like, just let it be. Just let it sit and then give us your slate and then just stay away from Twitter because Twitter can be explosive anyway and you don't want to add any more gasoline to this fire because people are already angry like i'm already irrationally angry and i think like if i'm feeling everyone that way, is i know a lot of other people are too. just look in our comment section <laughs> right, <laughs> or any exactly. comment section yeah it's like it's it, it's hard for everyone right now especially if you're a dc fan and i think that james gunn is just only adding to these upset hurt feelings the roller coaster of events in the last six months if you're a dc fan is just intolerable it's it is. just and then you look at marvel and they're over there fine dining and we're all well, like what the they've hell stumbled in their latest phase yes they have but at least they have a phase and they have a slate to look at <laughs> and they have a future <laughs> right and, and they've announced a lot of things and they have a plan going forward but what do you guys think about all this whatever you think let us know we'd love to hear it so adam driver is reportedly in the running for reed richards now, the Fantastic Four is obviously a very iconic team in the comic book movie genre and in comic books as a whole. They've been around for decades and decades, and unfortunately, they just haven't been properly represented in film. Is it a franchise that is still beloved as it once was? Is it a franchise that has a future as a tentpole film franchise, billion-dollar franchise even? And, of course, we had John Krasinski show up as Reed Richards in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which, to a lot of people, thought was a dream casting. Maybe it was a one-and-done thing. Kevin Feige did say it was, you know, the perfect opportunity to pluck him in there because of the multiverse aspect. But it did get a lot of people, including myself, hoping that we would get John Krasinski as Reed Richards because... John Krasinski's not only a familiar face, but he's a beloved actor. And when you don't have actors like Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. in the MCU anymore, having big actors like John Krasinski is a good thing for the MCU. Whenever you can add talent, that is a good thing in my books. So having John Krasinski, who not only looked great as the part, and we didn't get to see him showcase his full talents or full capabilities of obviously if you saw the film but it was great and i thought he looked great in the role the suit looked great his hair looked great everything was perfect and now you hear adam driver could be in the running adam driver would be the better choice and here's why it's very simple and i love john krasinski i've loved every single performance he's ever done now, I haven't seen every performance, but everything that I have seen, I have loved. 
But Adam Driver, I believe, is the better actor. And that's it. That's it. That's my hot take. I think Adam Driver is a better actor than John Krasinski and would be better fit for this role. I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback. I know Eleanor is going to kill me as soon as I make eye contact with her. But <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that Adam Driver is one of the world's most not underrated actors but underappreciated actors. I think him in the MCU could be absolutely amazing. Um, I personally would rather him be in DC, maybe even as Batman. I don't know. That Maybe that'd be a terrible choice. But he did not get the amount of love or spotlight as he deserved, in my opinion, as Kylo Ren. I think Kylo Ren was one of my, you know, the best thing about the sequel trilogy. And Disney definitely wants to rectify the mistakes that they made with not only that sequel trilogy, but his character and underutilizing him to be able to pluck him into the MCU now would be a brilliant choice would be a brilliant idea to have a familiar face. Like I said, with John Krasinski to have great talent and also to me, in my opinion, the better talent. That's not a shot on John Krasinski because I love John Krasinski. And if they announced John Krasinski was going to be Reed Richards. I think I would honestly be happier about it just because I've seen John Krasinski in more things and I'm more attached to him probably as an actor. But if I'm taking my attachments out of it, I think Adam Driver is a better actor. Eleanor, what do you think? Okay, I'm about to... Okay, Derek, get your shields up. You're about to get some shots fired. (laughs) So... I disagree that Adam Driver is a more talented actor. I think both of them are on par with one another. I do agree that he was underutilized as Kylo Ren to an extent, but I do think he still got his shining moment, and people did appreciate him. The public loved him. public loved him. but Not everybody. Not everybody, but you'll always, you know, you can't have unanimous no, love. No, sure. But still... People really liked him as Kylo Ren. He was a great villain. He was still used a lot. And I think he was, for what the sequel trilogies were, he was definitely the best part of it. But John Krasinski is born to play this role. Adam Driver is not. I cannot see Adam Driver in that role. The reason, one of my reasons why is Reed Richards is an older gentleman, usually in his 40s. -hmm. John Krasinski looks like an older gentleman in his 40s. Adam Driver looks like he's 25. (laughs) So I cannot see that unless they really put some prosthetics on him and make him look older. Just a little bit of hair dye. No, hair dye doesn't fix everything. Hair dye does not fix everything because you can try to dye somebody's hair gray. I've seen young girls dye their hair gray all the time. They don't look like old ladies. They still look young. True. So he's still going to look too young. Not only that... But John Krasinski had, like, when I saw him in the Multiverse of Madness, I was like, he definitely embodies this role better no, than 100%. anyone. No, 100%. Better than anyone ever has. And I don't think Adam Driver can give me that. I don't agree with you in the least bit. <laughs> I do think he's an incredibly talented actor. Don't get me wrong. I loved Marriage Story. That movie broke me down into pieces. I did love to see him in Star Wars, you know, in the sequel trilogy. He was probably one of the only pieces I liked out of some of those movies. Sure. But for me, 
I don't think you fix one wrong by putting him somewhere else and wronging someone. Not at all. Like not at all. I don't, especially because it would undermine the story. You don't just get an actor because oh, we screwed up in a franchise with you before. I, I'm not saying that's their main reason at all. I'm saying their main reason at all is because of films like Marriage Story, because of performances like that, and because, hey, we had this huge franchise like Star Wars. We stumbled, we shit the bed, and you could have been our face. And if you were the face, it could have been so much more. Imagine The Last Jedi, but you take out the 20-minute Cantabite scene and you give it all to Kylo Ren. All of a sudden, that movie just got a hell of a lot better. You, My you... thing is with the Reed Richards thing is that I just cannot see him as Reed Richards. He was great in Marriage Story. He was great in uh, Star Wars. But Reed Richards, like, he has a certain way about him. I don't know how to describe it. He's a scientist, but he's charismatic. And he's older, and he's got kind of a comforting element to him. At least that's how I read the character as. John Krasinski is all of those things. Sure. And John Krasinski would be the perfect person for this role because even like down to his eye color and his hair color, <laughs> he looks just like Reed Richards. Then you look at Adam Driver. Yes, hair dye exists. Yes, you could do all these things, touch of gray, just he for is men. He's 39, by the way. Okay, but he doesn't look 39. That's my point. Yet. If John Krasinski looks 39, Adam Driver looks... 25. So, to me, you can't have someone who looks 25 playing somebody who looks al- who's supposed to be almost 50. It just does the math doesn't add up. That is Dwayne Johnson math right there. I just think that honestly, like Adam Driver is incredibly talented and I don't want this to be a slight toward him. But I am on the gravy train with everyone else where we want John Krasinski, we want it now. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if it was John Krasinski, I would probably be happier. But I think the fact that we already saw him and so many people are disappointed, the fact that we already saw him, we we're already attached to him, and now we're hearing it might be somebody else like Adam Driver, it just doesn't make sense. And look, I'm not saying because they stumbled with Star Wars that they're going to just try to rectify Adam Driver, but I am also saying that that's got to be a deciding factor if this report is true because they do want to re- repair relationships. Bob Iger's there now. Bob Shapek rubbed a lot of the wrong feathers. They're going to want to repair relationships. Same with Kevin Feige. They want to repair a lot of the things that they took away from him. They're giving back. Maybe they're giving back now to Adam Driver. And I, I, I believe that he is the best choice for this role, if it is true. I would be happier with John Krasinski. I think he absolutely has all of the potential and the ability as an actor to do the comedy. Obviously, we've seen that just from The Office alone. We've seen him do the comedy. We've seen him do the emotion. And we've seen him do even some anger a little bit. And, if, of course, if you've seen any of his other films any of his other series. You know he's a great actor. I'm just on the fence where I'm I'm on the side of things where I'm just saying Adam Driver is just a little bit better. My thing is is if one of those motivating factors is to repair relationships. Sure, repair your relationship with Adam Driver, but don't do it by ruining your relationship with John Krasinski. Can I make a point though? How do we know it'd be ruined 
ruining the relationship with John Krasinski. John Krasinski isn't out on Twitter begging to come back. Can we make a point also, how do we know that we'd be repairing the relationship with Adam Driver and them? Because that's not Kylo Ren. Sure, you're doing the money sign at me. <laughs> sure, but John Krasinski likes money too, sure. okay? John Krasinski deserves money too. Also, John Krasinski's a wonderful uh, director, and we know his wife, Emily Blunt, has stated multiple times, you know, the comic book movie thing is just not for me. Like, I'm not here to bash it, but I just don't necessarily understand it, and I don't necessarily want to be a part of it. And she just, you know, that's totally fine. Hey, that's totally respectable. You're not bashing the genre, and you're just saying, it's just not for me. Maybe John Krasinski also kind of feels that same way and just kind of did the cameo for a couple of bucks and because he knew it'd make a lot of people happy. And now we're saying, okay, John, give us a trilogy. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to do a Quiet Place 3. I want to do a Quiet Place spinoffs. I want to do Jack Ryan and all that good stuff. I want to do some passion projects. I don't want to be the face of a $200 million movie. Maybe John Krasinski's wanted to be a director like Ben Affleck. He loved being Batman. But he doesn't necessarily want to be director, writer, and star of the next three Batman movies. So maybe right. John Krasinski, in a way, is going to get what he wants, while also Disney is able to repair some mended relationships. Who knows? Maybe John Krasinski steps in to direct the next Spider-Man movie. Well, I mean, if that's the case, if it's John Krasinski's choice, then I would be a little less heated. But if it's like John Krasinski wants to do it, is willing to do it, and they just took it away it to and gave it else. to somebody else. I would be like, fuck you. <laughs> just like with James Gunn in DC. A fuck a you. Like, this is the Henry Cavill thing all over again. Stop hurting me like this. No, it, <laughs> it, it totally kind of is similar to that. It's similar, not as painful, but similar. It, it's similar. Less roller coaster rides going yes. off of the rails. But what do you guys think? I know this is kind of a, a hot take, maybe. But I'm just I'm a huge fan of John Krasinski and Adam Driver. I think that Disney might be trying to mend some old relationships with Bob Iger there. I think that Adam Driver would be a great choice because I think he's a wonderfully talented actor. And I also think John Krasinski's a wonderfully talented actor. I just think Adam Driver's a little bit better. That's just my my uh take. Eleanor's very, very different, probably more in line with you guys. Whatever you be, th- Team <laughs> Eleanor. Be cool. Be team, team Eleanor. FTW. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below whatever you guys think, and we'd love to hear it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this week on the Speed Force Media Podcast. We are here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're on YouTube, please remember to give us a like, leave us a comment, subscribe if you're feeling fancy. If you're on a podcasting format, if you're listening to this without having to watch a video, congratulations, that's awesome. Um, if you're on Spotify, Amazon Music, all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more people like you. And subscribe so you can see us weekly. And thank you guys so much. That'll be it for us today. And remember, iron your capes.